and teaching myself. So that job ended. Um, I'm going to pause you for a second, though. Mm-hmm. Teaching yourself HTML in the context of another job, right? Like mm-hmm. you weren't doing like it wasn't my job, right? Were you always just good at sort of like self learning? Was it something? What was it about HTML that was so right? Because if you if you gave me a book and said teach yourself HTML, I would mm-hmm. go, I would you would find me sleeping because at the time I was very interested in this internet thing that was starting to become popular. Got it. Um, it was just it wasn't like fascinating. Like wow, I was just kind of interested in it. Uh, number two, I was real bored because uh, I already mastered my job. Right. So I was kind of on autopilot every day. Got it. And number three, it I'm not going to – it's the first time I'm admitting this. It's like no big deal. But um, we had programmers and none of them wanted to touch it because they're like, this internet fad, I'm going to stick with my C <laughs> and my C++. Yeah. And I wasn't a programmer. I've right. never written a line. I mean, other than my TI-99, I never wrote a line of code other than that. Hmm. Um I kind of, it, it kind of like being like, oh, all the programs over there don't like that. All right, I'm going to be the black sheep. Yeah, the black and sheep. Yeah, yeah, there's like this black sheep thing. So um, I taught myself HTML. I did some, I don't even remember what I did at Case um, because quickly thereafter I quit before I was going to get laid off because they got bought by New Holland. Um, so uh, layoffs were a common. So I left and I joined an ISP. Uh, so my mom got me the job because they were one of her clients and they said they needed a project manager. I kind of knew what that meant because I led, pro- I wasn't a project manager at case, but I led projects. Like that wasn't my job, but mm-hmm. it's like we had to do stuff. Yeah. All right, Grant, you're in charge. Just make sure it gets done. So, um, but it was an ISP who did two things. Number one, they were an ISP, so they provided internet access. And number two, they built websites. Huh. So my whole team, so my team was uh, a graphic designer, a programmer, and eventually we got a um, art director from a uh, agency. Huh. And to us, that was like, that was, we, you, we, he, he was Steve Jobs. To us. Huh. Because we were like, we're an ISP, we're a software company. We got someone from the agency from world. Agency. Oh, we got some big guns in here anyway. So he's the nice. one who brought he's the one who brought Max. And it was the it was when the G4, but the blue Oh top. my god. Yeah, and then the first iMac yeah, came out where there were colors. Beautiful. Yeah. So that was the that era. Oh wow. So, and so internet was like it was just uh-huh. really getting going. Absolutely. So we got some good clients um, because we were in Naperville, Illinois. So it was come corporate headquarters right there. In the moment, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Did you sense that you were on, you, know, you were in a career path that was like on the up and up? Like, did you did you sense the wave coming of the internet? Like, no. of, so you were you were nope. more just like. I was trying to, I was exist, I was, this was my mental state. I was trying to exist, I got free internet, I got free ISDN when everybody was barely right. being able to afford 56 To be clear, and because I don't think most nobody, people are going to know what the hell I'm talking about. Like to get it for free and for it to be high-ish speed. Yeah, what, basically what I just said, the ninety, the, the current version, is imagine going to your internet service provider, getting the highest grade, uh, What I don't care what it is, 7 gig, oh, whatever traffic, 
for free. I and you're you like, no, I can't. That's like $310 a month. It's AT&T yep. giving you and your family free unlimited data. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's with, what with no throttling and no anything. No, right. No yeah. throttling, no anything. So, because I work there, so I got it for free. Right. So, hence, when online gaming was invented, um, first Medal of Honor came out and stuff like that, I totally played. Yeah. And I was playing with a lot of the people I played with, so you would chat in the game, and my were upper class people all over the U.S. and Canada because they're the only ones who could afford. afford it. So in any event, uh, Team Forcers Classic, oh, Counter-Strike. Anyway, so um, I got that job. Project manager did not sense the internet coming at all. I knew it was a thing. It, it was more like a wave that was occurring, but I didn't feel a part of it. Right. It was just like something that was happening. The other thing, too, I think you have to keep in mind is that I look at my career always like I'm outside looking in. I don't know why. I look at my life that way. Huh. I don't know why. Talking about the Enneagram 4 look that up um, um, but that's kind of how you look at your life and I, I so I don't say I'm in the moment how do we leverage this how do I make money but I will say during that time it was fucking awesome because we would sit there and we would be like what's the next IPO and are you going to go in on Red Hat you do an mp3.com no we're not doing mp I, I guarantee day one it's going to be 140 no mp3.com is going to oh, buy so you were able to like oh yeah pets.com wine.com yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're basically telling me you created the bubble. You created yes, exactly. The me exclusively with my seventeen dollars that I would got invest. it. So I got that job, um, and I was a project manager. But I really liked coding. Okay. I didn't like the science of coding. I liked the end result of the making of the thing. Yeah. Um, and. So after that job, I became a contractor and I got some other contract. And by the way, this was a dot-com thing. So the reason I have so many jobs during that period is because I walk in and every day I'm making $35,000 a year. Then one of my friends went to a place down the road. You can make $59,000 a year doing the exact same thing, not yeah. for maybe 40 hours a week, 38 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. Okay, I don't have loyalty yeah. back then, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, fine. I'll whore myself out. Yeah. Oh, I'm there for a year. Jason just got a job somewhere else. They really need somebody with your Java skills, 90 grand a year. 55 to 90 grand a year, done. Yeah, it's I, I, I mean, and so and it just kept going. It's funny. And I'm 25, and I know, obviously, the Silicon Valley stories right. are even more insane. This is suburban yeah. Chicago. So that's why, so again, history out the window, all of that passion, it was, I'm making money. I'm having, I'm not having fun, but it's okay. Money, money, <laughs> I will argue. I mean, money can't make you happy, but like uh, a certain amount of money can serve as a numbing agent for boredom or whatever. It absolutely was. And uh, I, I, I will, I am a poster child to, so yes, of course it's like we have money now so we can get a bigger house because we may have more kids and all that right. kind of stuff. But at the time I'm like, okay, well, um, there's this more money. Yes, it is a numbing agent. That's all it was. I wasn't living, breathing and dying for my job by right. any stretch of the imagination. So, um, by like my second or third gig, um, and I will only do year contracts. And then someone is like, all right, I'll pay you pay even you more yeah, yeah. to do the same thing. Yep. 
But we just really need somebody like you. Okay, fine. I mean, it's a good. I feel a little bit like Jeff Foxworthy, but like you might be on a wave industry. If, yes, exactly. Like, you sort might of be like on a wave you, yes. you might be in a bubble if, if every year you your salary, double your double. salary. Yes, <laughs> and you have year contracts. Yes. So um, what ended up happening was I started my master's in software engineering. Okay. And what I wanted to do was be, um, I didn't want to be a coding nerd. I liked, um, uh, but, but I wanted to do something. Like, I wanted to write a book. I was going to be the next person who wrote the next famous Java book for O'Reilly, uh, which O'Reilly's <laughs> a, a, a publisher that publishes I'm laughing because like, just like the aspiration of fame on a coding language. And like... well, plus, I'm like, then if I have my master's degree, eventually I'm going to be CIO because around me, when I had clients, all their CIOs had advanced degrees. So I'm like, this is what I need to do to be a CIO. Do I want to be David? No, what the hell is it? No. I'm like, that's what success looks like. So I guess just, that's what I'm supposed to do. So you were like, at this moment in your life, you were still sort of looking around for who, who's, who's making what, who, who seems successful, so I'm going to go copy what they're doing. Or, who, um, or, or like, or is it just like a culture? Because I mean, that's the other thing I, I haven't been into. I think, like, yeah. So I think I, I, I didn't look, you know, I wasn't like, hey, Steve Jobs, this or anything like that. I think I mostly, I, I, that's an awesome question. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. The, the only thing I could think of is my impression of corporate IT was this kludge of technology that is thrown together based off of the flavor of the day that somehow comes together and the company could function. And then I had some clients where the CIO was like, uh, like crack the whip. Yeah. And from a technology perspective, I'm like, God, your architecture is so clean. And you could have 70,000 apps that your employee use, but you only have nine and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not an infrastructure guy, so I don't care how many apps, but UI, right? It's like we would build you, – you, you know when you build crap. Yeah. But then you know when you're like, oh, there's like agency people designing the front end of how this application is going to be. I'm doing the back end stuff. But they're designing it. I see what you I saying. remember – I'm going to say your name, Katrina. I remember the first UX person, UX, huh. UI, user interface person I ever met. Her whole – I didn't even know it existed. When I met I'm like, I don't want to do that, but like – Yes, make a beautiful thing. Like, I'll yeah. figure out the stuff in the back, gory formulas in the back end. So I'm like, who makes those choices? VPs, CIOs. Got it. Okay, got it, cool. It, Maybe it. that's where I want to go. It's kind of funny, right? Like uh, in the absence of the software <laughs> in your head to like process a lot of this stuff, you still do have – and I call it like – I don't even know where I stole this from. Oh, I do know where I stole it from, from one of my mentors. Uh, but you still do have like that tingle in your pingle that gives you uh, – that gives you – that just directionally – a tingle. I, right. It's, it's that sort of like wide-eyed excitement at something that is maybe a little bit unexpected. Like that so, – just like that tingle in your pingle. And so I'm, yes. I'm more saying like – I'm more remarking because we started this whole aside on why get the masters or whatever, yeah. which is a big life decision. How old were you? 30, 
Yeah, and you got kids, and you got a wife, yeah, and you got right. Like that's not an insignificant decision. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting to me that like it probably does start with a little tingle in your pingle. It starts with sort of like a wait, what we can do that, and how do I, how do I get close to that, or how do I, you know? Well, yeah. So there, the yeah. So two things in there. Number one, one of my, one of I feel my strengths. And, and I'm going to say weakness because I didn't realize it, so it controlled me, which it sounds weird. I have childlike four-year-old boy wonder every day that I wake up and I look at the world. Okay. So that's awesome. That's amazing. That's the way I see things. Downside newest shiny object i want to know about it i want to go into it yeah. okay is it on my life path is it true my passion no but it's a like wow the internet wow um uh web forms wow this wow that wow the internet yes, wow web right. forms <laughs> right whatever right whatever and but it's usually bigger things right right it's not wow look at this new algorithm that allows me to reduce this by 17 milliseconds i, I give a shit it's when i met my first designer app designer and yeah. she said here's the psychology of how people use applications right i'm like give me 17 books on this topic. yeah, yeah, yeah. wow got it so anyway the other reason I got my going for my master's is because, and I'm not going to get political on this, um, but I feel, but but the whole, uh, but but I feel like you have to do what you have to do. After the dot com bust, a lot of H one B visas around. I didn't, I didn't, be, I, I had nothing against any of them. Here's the problem. Okay, so you could say, oh, the dot com crashed, like in today's day and age. Export, deport, deport. No. What do you have, Grant? You have people coming from India yeah. who are doing what you're doing 10 times better, 10 times faster, have computer science degrees, if not a master's. All right. You're self-taught. You have to, you have you're to do trying it, yeah. to clue something together they do in their sleep. Okay, By get the way, a that's degree. the second time you used the word kluge, and yes. I'm going to name my future son kluge. Okay. Kluge Torres. Cool. That's going to be his name. Awesome. Kluge. So, um, <laughs> I love it. Kluge. I'm going to use it. I use it all the time. I think it's a software engineering thing. Kluge. Put that down. Kluge. Put it down. <laughs> kluge. Get your kluge, master's. Stop. No, wait, kluge, get your get master's kluge. in. Okay. Anyway. That's, that's funny. Um... Because I come across like weird words all the time, yeah, or, or or like um, weird like they're not real names, they're like YouTuber names. Oh, yeah. and I like I look at my son and be like, I, I should have totally named like you this. I thought PewDiePie, yeah, was Pew Pew Die literally oh. up until maybe a month ago, which so, made me feel. Old? Ridiculously old. Does it make you feel old that I'm 44 and I totally know it's PewDiePie and you don't? You don't know 21 Pilots I don't, either. I so. don't know okay. YouTube. I don't know. I don't care. I think it's terrible. It gave us Justin Bieber who's, you know, has a great album. The last one's fine, but, you know, whatever. Anyway. I okay. love me a YouTuber. So anyway. Um, master's. So, so I'm getting my, so I get my master's degree. You hate immigrants. Got it. No, stop. <laughs> um, so I, I, halfway through my master's degree, I make a shift. Okay. A, an unintended shift. Again, history, archaeology, that was my last life. So I'm in the moment doing whatever. The one thing, the thing that I noticed is this. People don't ask me to be on their teams because of my coding skills. 
Okay. I notice that people ask me to be on their teams to be a tech lead, to lead the thing. Got it. Because one of my, I, I, I didn't develop this or anything, but one of my superpowers is, when, and I call it that, is like when people are bickering and moaning about what should get done and who should get done and when is the due date and who's doing what on Tuesday and blah, blah, blah. For some reason in my head, it's all clear as day. And I don't even know why we're talking. Because, well, look, if you guys just do this, we're going to compile the code. We'll be done on Friday. Then Monday morning, this is going to happen. The next Friday, this is this. And we'll have an internal review the following Tuesday. How do you guys not see this? So did you notice that skill in you? Or was it reflected back at you? Meaning, like, were you the one that went, wait a second, I'm getting a lot of these jobs. Or was it people going, like, Grant, you know that you're, like, kind of good at this. No, I think it was, I think it was two things happened at U.S. It was at U.S. Freightways. Two things happened. (laughs) Number one, and yeah, I'm saying I was quite right. Number one, my boss at the time, um, I don't think liked me too much um, (laughs) because... Um, well, my cohorts were coding like, like when you hear of a hackathon, right? Like that freaked me out. I right. could never have done yeah. a hackathon. You're back not then. the fastest. You're not the most. Elegant. No, and they can't. And but all my coworkers, that was who they were. Okay. Um, and I was not. Yeah. But they couldn't. They couldn't figure out how to get to the deadline next Friday to save their life. Yeah. But me nagging them or checking them or like, if you do this, then Katrina's going to do this. Blah blah blah. There you go. So. At the same time, the PMO, the project management office department, had an opening. There you go. And I said, well, I actually like running the show. Um, It was a bump in pay. Um, I'm getting a vibe that I just am not fitting into this culture. Yeah. Like, I'm good as a programmer. I'm not great, and I'm surrounded by greatness. Yeah. All right. I'll do that. So I, that is was my official transition into pure project management land when I was then in charge of process and tools and leading things and all of that kind of stuff. Just because we're like uh, yeah, low on time. Yes. Uh, and it's it's a lot, it's easy for me to draw because the, the fun fact about Grant mm-hmm. and most people, I would say, is that like there's a whole other uh uh, separate industry in between. Yes. In, there, there seems to be a nice transition between what you said at the, t- at the top, which about project management of IT, and where you resolved. Well, I could but, s- actually. I know we're running a long time. I could summarize that piece pretty quick. Do it. Um, so I I um, got a, 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 like one or two more gigs in, and I know you guys are probably thinking, uh, listening to this. That's a lot of gigs. I have a lot of gigs. I um, w- um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I think our parents. Is that right? Our, our that parents that? freaked yeah. out about it, and like we're like, well, you have to be like, what about loyalty and all these things? One, it's funny. We ask about loyalty on an individual level, oh, but what totally about loyalty from a corporation company. level? Right. They don't. No, no corporation is loyal to you, and we're all. Yes. That's one of the reasons why we're. So that's number one. But number two, like, what? You know. Uh, why not get a whole bunch of experiences? Why not trust your gut? Why not? And I'm not saying be flighty. Right. Uh, and, and that I was not, I'm not, that's not my personality. I had, my first, I mean, the first thing is, is that 90% of the companies I ever work for don't exist anymore. Whoa. So either, <laughs> so, so there's that. So either, so for those companies, I either was laid off. So right. I've been laid off three times or I left when the writing's on the wall. I've been laid on three times. That's mm. <laughs> it? No, you can get out more. more. That's true. Um, so there's that. And then the rest is like, yeah, sometimes it's loyalty. Sometimes it is the more money, whatever the right. case may be. 
So I continued on IT for a while and I made a determination. Um, so I was really drinking the Kool-Aid by now. Okay. Got my master's from DePaul University. Then I started teaching project management at DePaul University um, because I was like, maybe this is how, maybe I don't get into academia through archaeology and history. Maybe it's through project management. Yeah. Um, but throughout my career, I'm like, God, I've been a PM, a project manager, in all these messed up environments. All right, maybe it's time to put your money where your mouth is and run a project management department because you know 20 examples that don't work. I, so you can use all that to make a beautiful thing that does work. Just because I know where this story is going, I love that your, your statement was, hey, it's all effed up anyway, so mm-hmm. let, let me go <laughs> into advertising where... But, but, I didn't, but I didn't know this. Right. I knew jack about advertising. Right. So I was job hunting, and through networks of people, I found a startup called Local Launch, and they were in advertising and search engine marketing technology. Okay. Needed somebody to be the project manager. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, so I became the project manager because they needed a project manager. Then they needed two. Then they needed three. And then the whole goal was I was going to be the first and then build a department. Got so it. I did. Um, so I was officially in advertising. I didn't know I was in advertising, but I was officially in advertising. Um, it's so funny it's, how that happens. Sir, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's still so today we'd say, oh, you were at media. It's like, right. well, I was at a search engine technology. So, we, so but our it's whole one thing was things... Google Local before Google Local exists. And it's is this? Oh, well, that's what I, that, but this is the thing that I love about advertising. And like, I hate advertising. Like, I, I tell it's one it's literally the first thing I tell any class really? is that yeah, literally the first thing I tell any class is I have YouTube Red. I don't have cable. I, right, YouTube Red yeah. is the thing, by the way, that blocks the ads. Mm-hmm. I use an ad blocker. I don't have any moral scruples about it. I don't care. Uh, and and but but the reason I love advertising okay. is because it really is the chameleon of industries. You can be passionate about anything, and advertising is in some way related to it. And even better, yes. advertising. Ten, it serves. I hate it, but like advertising tends to serve as an accelerant or a yes. catalyst, no matter what your skill set is. So if you, you know, because you because it's about people and about talking to people and about trying to convince people who aren't listening to you, right? Like God help us if the Mormons figure out that they need to be training up in advertising, because like you know, or <laughs> right. it's, it's like uh, so that's what I love about advertising is like I I went in specific to advertising, but I was never sort of an advertising nerd. Okay. Whereas can you imagine a civil engineer who's not a nerd about civil engineering that doesn't really happen, right? Right. Versus advertising, you can be a very effective advertiser without really being passionate about advertising because it sort of has to latch itself on to a whole bunch of other things and it also runs everything so right and that was that was my big conflict so before pause on that because I want to come back because that's the actually end of my story of what you just said so I went um, so then I had eight or nine years in advertising uh, as a project manager Um, so I went from that to Leo Burnett to Frequency 540 and my whole thought process with that is is that I wanted to run the PM department and I wanted to lead the team, the team of PMs, and all of that kind of stuff. And I loved advertising because for the first, and I didn't know until I got there. All right. But for the first time in my career, I felt the closest to finding my people. 
I've never, huh. and I'm in IT again, and and I know this now because I'm back in IT, which is a thing that I just have to wrestle with, either let go or do something about. I don't feel that I fit into IT. Right. I, the type of, uh, they're wonderful people and all that. Oh, yeah. They're just not my people, the way that they talk and view the world and stuff like that. Of well, course. the same thing as like, I mean, my best friend, and we get into fights about this, my best friend's an academic. Mm-hmm. I'm not an academic. So like, I, I, even though I'm in academia, right. uh, it, and it's because of the theoretical, like academics, I don't know what how you would describe mm-hmm. tech-minded people, but academics tend to think in theory and tend to think about sort of yes. all the different dimensions that could yep. possibly happen. Whereas like, I'm a lot more action-oriented and like, no, no, but like, what's like, but some, there is a reality. Right. <laughs> like we are living in it and it right. is messy. And like me and my best friend constantly coming to blows about this. And, that, and, like, that, and that's kind of part of the reason that's part, that was part of the reason I think about that. Like if I went through to act, my original plan and stuck with my original plan and didn't do this timey, wimey, wobbly thing is I, I'm too pragmatic so I wonder if I would have done all that and then like after 10 years say screw this I can't do it. Oh, and this is or whole, maybe I would have been happy. I don't know. There's a whole nother podcast in this but like the the real MFR that I've seen from a from a from slightly afar is that once you get sucked into academia to a certain point it becomes like a it, it's like a bad relationship like even though you know you need to get out of it, like you've sucked in, you've sunk in so much time. There's so much sunk cost yeah, that, so, like, that you go, okay, well, I'm just gonna have to grind out this misery because I just and, did my master's, my PhD, which almost killed right? me. Right, yeah. and then I think it actually going through that misery engenders a sort of hazing mentality. And so, without realizing it, I think a lot of academics are going through processes that are not meant for their stability but are meant to just kind of haze them and why because uh, they were hazed because yeah, the old people the were because yeah. that's how we've always done it because right. you know it's actually that uh what it was that that um filter course mentality expanded out to you know it's it's ultimate you know what i mean like where mm-hmm. you have a major and you have a filter course where like if you don't pass this course you don't you shouldn't be in this major i think it's that mentality launched to its height into its biggest degree that gets us our current academic industry. Interesting. Yeah, weird. We need to uh, anyway. After this, we need to talk about that. <laughs> so um, I'm back. So I, I went through my advertising career, and I am back in IT mostly because of our previous. Um, so uh, Benny and I used to work together. So our previous employer. Um, which doesn't exist anymore. Which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Yet another one. Um, I, I, I got burned. I built a department and it was great and then it started falling apart and the company falling apart and all of that. And I think it was my third employer in advertising and it was just, I got too emotionally wrapped up and my baby uh, falling apart. My life was falling apart. I I separated, then got a divorce. Um, And so I said, I can't do advertising anymore. Right. Not forever. Just I can't do another ad agency. What do I do? All right. Well, maybe I go back to IT, see how that is. That is where I brought in stark contrast with these are not my people. I did that too. And that is bothering me. Um, one of the things of advice they didn't say, I, you can't make that determination when you graduate day one, right? Hey, I got a job. I don't yeah. care if you're right people. I got yeah. a freaking job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that the number one thing and the, what, what, the thing that will probably cause me to go back 
into advertising is the fact that, and if we have to edit this out, that's fine, uh-huh. but is the fact that um, uh, ideas uh, can be thought of and just go run and do them tomorrow. Yeah. The fact that you can dress in these shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops, and we don't have to go talk to HR. The fact that the more I get to know you, right. I'm not homosexual, but I'm like, how do gay men do this? And we could have how a talk about gay men. Yeah. And because I don't, it is, and and no one's going to HR and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's that the things that you learn in IT, it's here's the job you do it. In advertising, I do find it a little fascinating. You're on the Kashi account. You're kind of have to. You're you going to learn about a, yeah. uh, about protein bars and. I mean, that's a, that's the whole. Uh, so anyway, no, not at all. Uh, so there's my crooked path. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up with uh, a simple question, okay. which is, if you were to give Grant advice, college Grant yes. advice. Oh God! Uh, from what you know now and what you're doing now and all that kind of stuff. Not what would you do differently, not any of that stuff, but just like if you were to sort of give him some advice, give him some, some, a little bit of help, a little bit of, of, uh, you know, wisdom, what do you think you'd tell him? I, man, no one's ever asked me that before. (laughs) Uh, So... uh, I think, so I'll just tell the stream of consciousness, first things that are coming to my mind. So the first thing that I would say is um, your path is not going to be linear, and that's okay. Okay. Some people's paths are. Don't be jealous of them. Yours just is not because of the way that you're baked, the way that your DNA is, the way that you look at the world. I think the second thing I would say is... um, Learn to let uh, learn to let most things in your life go. Don't quit a job because of one or two bad experiences. Know that that is just a stream of experiences. Yeah. Um, don't follow a shiny thing because that is the shiny thing, and everyone's doing the shiny thing. Stay truer to who you are. Just stay true to who you are. So, like, for example... And it's the, the thing I'd add to, to young Grant is stay true to who you are in that moment. Like, in my head... Oh, yeah, so I, I have, yeah. I have, I have my, changed, and so, absolutely. But I don't even mean that. I mean, like, when I... When norm, normally, I feel like when we say, be true to who you are, there's, like, this magical who you are... That's and at least maybe that's how I process it. Yeah, like, there's no, there's magical, no magical ideal who you, who you are versus like no. no, like I'm a 32 year old living in Gainesville and struggling with loneliness, so that's who I am right, right. now, and I need to be true to myself. Like right. that is because I think we miss that so, in the so, trope. So I, I, I'm going to do another. Uh, I'll say it another way. Um, I wouldn't say be true to who you are. I will say be true to what. I don't know how to word this, but be true to what your needs are. Ooh, I like okay. that. It, the reason is, is because like, like s- some people are like, I love cardiology and I love tinkering with the human body. And it's a machine to me and blah, 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 blah. 
for me, it's like it's more ethereal than that. Like I need I have a need to do things that are impactful. I have a need to be pragmatic, but also be able to be theoretical. I have a need to have co-workers that are kind of on the immature side like me. Yeah. Or at least be in an industry that's kind of on the I need to wear shorts. I need as simple as that because I, I wear yes. shorts every day. Yeah, I, I need know. to wear shorts yeah. or, or whatever. Um, I need to be in a place like I am curious in my personal life. So I need to be curious. Yeah, I need to be curious. I need to stay. I so that. if I'm in an environment huh. that I can't be curious, then I'm sunk. Yeah, I love that. Let's end it there. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's honor, great. Honor your needs. Uh, and what was his name? Crudgel? Crutch? Kluge. Kluge. Kluge Torres. I look forward to adopting you. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for joining us. This is the Babs Podcast. Uh, Yeah. Have a great whatever and see you whenever. (laughs) 